If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Thursday, April 21st, and we are here to try to answer your financial questions. I have been talking way too much on these episodes, and I apologize for um, the length of some of these. We, Mark, what did we try to do? We were really trying to do 10 or 12 minutes, right? I mean, it's hard with when we have one of you guys on the line to do it 10 or 12 minutes. But when we have both members of a couple on the line, oh my gosh, it's it's a free-for-all, Mark. It's a gosh darn free-for-all. Oh, is this the first time we're talking since I um, saw web designer extraordinaire Karen Rhymes with Panic Cranic? She is so awesome. And I finally met our web designer in person, our user experience expert. It was fantastic. She and her wife came to this big event um, where I'm on the board, the LGBTQ Center of New York. We had our annual gala and it was just a blast. It's so funny to meet someone who you have been talking to for a long time and then finally meeting in person it was wonderful. So it was really, really um, a great event. Thanks for everyone who supports the LGBTQ community here in New York and all over the United States and all over the world. So it was awesome. So with that said, Mark, how about I do some emails, which probably are piling up like crazy. Here we go. This is from Jennifer, who says, Hi, Jill and Mark. I love listening to the podcast. Thank you for the advice. My question is that my husband, who's 55, and I, 43, would like to retire at the same time, which is seven to 10 years from now. Should I stop contributing to my 401k and just contribute to the Roth 401k? Hmm. Okay. So it kind of depends. You know, I'm, I don't know if the, that's the differential on whether you do the pre or the post tax in your retirement contributions. It kind of depends on how much money you're earning. Um, if you just want to do the Roth, that's usually fine. It just, ah, we need a little more information. But anyway, I, I'm going to say that presuming that you're not in a super high tax bracket, then sure, use the Roth. Okay. Vicky writes, I'm 65, I'm divorced and retired with a pension. Mark, I wish I could say that one sentence. I'm not I'm divorced, but I'm retired with a pension, that part of it. 
Not the divorce part. Okay. Vicky has a very conservatively invested IRA of approximately $665,000. It's down, oh, about 90 grand in the last six months. Okay. I'm concerned with the current economic issues. I don't feel I'm going to ever earn back that money in my lifetime. Well, it depends how long you're going to live, I guess. The advisor says, don't panic. Should I take my money out of the stock market to stop the bleeding? I'm not sure if I'll ever need that much money, but still don't want to keep losing. Thanks for your help. No, don't do that. Come on, guys. What have we learned? We have learned that you don't need to panic at these moments. And, you know, Mark, have we had any progress in getting a bond maven booked on the show? Because we really need a bond episode. We're seeing a lot of action there. Okay, great. So we're going to have a we're going to have a bond expert come on and, and talk you through that. I've gotten a lot of questions about that. Friend of the pod, Terry, told me that uh, in her 401k, they sent her a note saying, you're too old to have such a heavy stock allocation, which I thought was hysterical. I, I literally wrote back to her this morning, easily rectified. Let's talk later today. Uh, okay. So here is Cody, who's wondering if uh, we have any tips on how a young man in college can save money. Oh, this is a great question. I'm currently renting with my girlfriend, $1,350 a month. I'm working and going to college full time. And so is she. Oh my God. They're working and going to college and they live together. Hmm. Interesting. Tips, tactics, methods on how to save money and how to set myself up for success and be able to be less fearful of my finances. Much appreciated. Cody. Okay, Cody, take a deep breath. First things first, let's say that you and your girlfriend both should be looking at your income, looking at your expenses, and then you have to tell me what you can free up every single month. What we want you to do is have sort of three big ideas to consider. One is that you guys have an emergency reserve fund that has living expenses for six months, six to 12 months, just in a safe place. The second is, are you guys going to be having any debt or do you have any debt? Do you have credit card debt? You want to whack that off as quickly as possible. And third is that if you are working, um, maybe it's time to open a Roth IRA and just not too much. You don't have to go crazy, but to the extent that you can contribute as much as possible. If you can automate all of this, gosh, that would be far, far better for you. Autopilot, baby. It's like my favorite thing. Okay. I am purchasing a home and there she's looking to get a loan for $248,000 thousand dollars 30 year fixed oh boy the rate is 5.375 percent i agreed to use a lender which would allow me to just put 10 percent down and they won't approve any other lender oh i wonder mark is this for a um this may be for a condo or co-ops you know what i mean like because sometimes they do have preferred lenders for buildings anyway so I was wondering, I have a lump sum that will be available at age 62 and I'll and I'll be 62 in May of this year. So she's going to have a lump sum available at age 62. Should she cash out the lump sum and pay off the loan versus pay the mortgage for 30 years? I'm searching for a refi, but interest rates are 5% and above for now. No, don't cash out of the lump sum, especially if it, you're going to have to pay tax on it. I need to know a lot more about your financial life to know what whether this makes sense for you. I mean, it's okay to purchase a house with a mortgage interest rate of 5.375% if you can afford it. I have to say, I think these higher rates are going to really start causing people to think twice. Well, I think higher rates are going to cause people to think twice. But remember, rents are on the move. 
And it was funny, Mark, I wrote that article over the weekend and I've got a lot of, so what I do is I put up a blog post over the weekend that I use as my, essentially like my concept or talking points for whenever I do my radio hits, which is every Monday morning. So I did a post about the housing affordability crisis. And what's really interesting is looking at the rental stuff because rents are starting to really move. So I'll just give New York as an example. Essentially, for the last two years, renters in New York have had it pretty good. You know, we're just back to where we were pre-COVID in average rents, but now things are accelerating and now rents are starting to rise very quickly. And that's happening all over the country. And so yeah, you're right, Mark, because I think that a lot of people are like, oh, ditching my house hunting effort is not such a big deal when I could rent. But if the rents are rising very quickly because inflation is rising, it's tough. I was showing Amanda the numbers, if you know, our potential purchase that we would like to one day make, you know, doing it with the current mortgage rate compared to two years ago at, you know, low threes. And, you know, I got her attention. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So it, it does. It really does make you think, like, why should I move? And isn't it hard to give up a really juicy low rate? That's the other part. All the people who were going to maybe think about going somewhere else and said, oh, I just couldn't find anything. Now you look at yourself and you say, I'm I've got somewhere between a 2.75 and a 3.75% mortgage, right? It's fixed. I'm here. I'm happy enough. And I think a lot of people are going to just sit still and not do a lot. That's going to be not great news for the housing market or the housing market's going to really kind of slow down and get normal. Maybe that's a good thing. Well, and her counter to me was, well, then you would think that the people selling these houses, the prices are probably going to come down. They will, presuming that, you know, rich people like her don't just say, ah, I'll pay cash. You know what I mean? Let's talk about one of these rich people. This is Dawn, who um, was following up with a question about a financial advisor, flat fee, or whether to do an asset under management model, what's the best thing? And I said, so, tell me more about yourself. So she says, I lead a simple, uncomplicated life. Ready? No cabins, boats, or Teslas. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's going to be our, mod, our our model for a simple, uncomplicated life. She's debt free. And this is so nice. I'm generous and kind hearted and I love pets. Good. I'm a saver. I've got $2 million. I am single, no kids. And so she's used American funds for about three decades with a small investment firm. And she switched firms a couple of years ago. She wanted more help, was trying to figure out social security claiming strategy. She wanted sophistication support and financial planning for the next 20 years. Okay. She pays a 1% fee on about 1.3 million. When switching, I tried to do my research and switch to the right firm, but I'm not sure I got it right. Time will tell. Okay. The remainder of the two million will end up as an asset under management model. I struggle with the management fees because I'm not a complicated client. So 13 grand a year seems like a lot of money, but I think the investments under management are good and well diversified. This in and of itself is valuable and important to me. I agree with you. I mean, don't you think, Mark, that there's an idea around just having peace of mind is quite excellent. She says, can you give any input or direction relative to investment firms and advisors? Is Vanguard with advisory fee of 30 basis points adequate? Probably. Just let me say that. That's number one. How about the NAPFA website for fee-only advisors? Could fee-only be best for me? And what do you think about a fee on 1.3 million, now 2 million? Um, is that best for me? Thank you. Okay. All right. So listen, 
if you've already done a lot of your strategic planning work and you don't really need the advisory part of this, for example, you've got your social security claiming strategy, you've got a portfolio that's providing income that you need, and that part is, is kind of taken care of, then you may not need this firm. That said, 1% on 1.3 million is perfectly in line. Once you get to 2 million, you can try to get it knocked down a little. You know, maybe you find out for them if they have breakpoints instead of paying 1%. Maybe you say, well, if I got to 2 million, would you drop it to 0.75%? See, let's just see, because maybe that's something. Maybe if you could pay 75 basis points, you would be willing to do that to get some more hand-holding, a little more customization than the 30 basis point fee at Vanguard. But for everyone listening, if it's just money management, the Vanguard model is so awesome. And when you get a little advisory on top of it, that sounds pretty good. The NAPFA, the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, it's really is great. I mean, the, those kinds of folks are good, but I don't know if you need that if you already have this firm that you're kind of happy with. What do you think, Mark? 20 years pay, if she could go down to say 75 bips on the 2 million with a current firm, would you stay? Probably. Yeah, I think so too. I would probably stay if if you could get that fee driven down. And you should say that to them. You should say like, hey, I've got some really good opportunities. I would like to do this thing. You guys have been great, but the fee's a little too high. You know, what can you do? And then let's make a determination. But that doesn't sound like you're going wrong with this. And I do think having a dedicated advisor who is in tune with what your needs are is worth a lot. Okay. All right. That's it. That's the show. Thursday in the can. Guess where I'm going tomorrow, Mark? Vacation. Uh, Don't worry. We'll have everything in the can for you guys for the next week or so. I'm going away. Wish me luck. I will be wearing my mask. I don't care what Delta Airlines says. I'll be wearing my KN95 because that N95, Mark, it's too tight on my little, I don't want to say little. I'm going to say it's too tight on my prominent proboscis. How about that? It's just too tight for my knees. From my news. Anyway, um, we would love for you to join us on the air. If you're willing to come on the air, just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button, and don't forget to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Lift someone up today, grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.